Well, Gonzaga had seven players participate in NBA Summer League this year, and we're going to break down each performance and what it means for these Zags going forward on today's episode of Locked on Zags. You are Locked on Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, here to bring you news and updates on all things Zag athletics. I'm joined today by the great Theo Lawson of the Spokesman Review. Theo was on the ground in Las Vegas the last couple of weeks checking out NBA Summer League and speaking with each of the seven Zags who participated this year. We're going to go through all of them today starting with the three new professionals and starting with the guy who continued Gonzaga's streak of being players selected in the first round of the NBA draft, Julian Strother, a guy who looked like he might fall into the second round. It was kind of unclear if we were going to have another first round pick. Of course, Strother goes to the defending NBA champion Denver Nuggets and definitely looked like a guy who's going to contribute to this team right away, especially his last few games in Las Vegas really kind of stepped up, of course, we as Zag fans know that Strother loves to play basketball in Las Vegas, so not surprised to see him have a couple 20-point games there to end his time uh, with the Nuggets in Summer League. What did what did you think about his performance, Theo, and, and kind of what that might mean for him uh, in a role with the, 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 the defending champions? Yeah, I think I think Julian uh, started well. He, he had a pretty strong performance in the opener at Thomas and Mack Center, which was obviously a pretty exciting moment for him. Obviously mm-hmm. ended his college career in Vegas, started his NBA career in Vegas, mm-hmm. a place where he's played so many meaningful games from high school to the WCC tournament to the uh, the Duke and UCLA games yeah. over Thanksgiving break a couple of years back. So so it, it was a pretty big moment for him. I talked to his family. They were pretty nervous. And uh, his, his, his sister even said they might have been more teary-eyed before that game than they were on draft night when he got picked up. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, he was having a draft party uh, nearby in uh, Red Rock Casino in Vegas. So uh, a lot of friends and family saw him get drafted. Then a lot of friends and family saw him play his first game in Vegas. And then you, you can tell after they announced his name, um, everyone kind of seemed to know who Julian Strother was <laughs> in that crowd. It's a Vegas-based crowd. People come from all over for summer league, but most people are, are from Vegas. So he's kind of a uh, hero in that town. Uh, obviously a lot of good basketball products come out of Vegas, but people seem to know Julian and, and he, he played pretty well, missed his first few shots, kind of got into a rhythm and then, and then settled in and kind of did what Julian does. Mm-hmm. A few floaters, the, the classics of Strother floater that, that I think is going to be a really nice tool for him in the NBA as it was at Gonzaga. And then obviously played pretty well that first game, struggled a little bit the second game, didn't shoot the three very well. I want to say he was something around two of 13 from the field. Yeah. Didn't make many threes, but but also uh, had a few nice defensive plays. Had, had one great defensive uh, highlight a block, um, kind of pinned a, pinned a guy at the rim. So so I I think that's going to be the key for Julian in the NBA. He, he's not going to be able to shoot four or five from three every game. He he's going to have to play defense, have to have to rebound. He he has the ability to rebound well. We saw that at Gonzaga. So 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 I think it's a, a more of an effort thing for him. Maybe, maybe if you're not uh, getting it done on 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 the offensive end of the court, make sure you make plays on the other end. Uh, uh, de- uh, uh, defend, rebound. Mm-hmm. Um, block a few shots if you can. He he does have, kind of have that athleticism that that is uh, a little a little sneaky, a little underrated. So so I I think he played well and, and then obviously closed with a few uh, twenty point games and, and kind of found his uh, shooting stroke. Yeah, it's funny. I, I'm not an NBA draft analyst. I'm not pretending to be an NBA draft analyst. But what I see so often is people will pick a player who is six seven six eight six nine who shoots the three well and will automatically label them like oh that guy's going to be a three and d wing at the next level and it's like well there is a second element 
to that. Like you have to be able to prove yourself on both ends of the floor for Julian Strother. The, the offense is there. The floater is there. The three point shooting is there. I don't think there's really any doubt, at least not in my mind that he can contribute at the offensive level in the NBA right away, but he's got to be able to bring it on the other end of the floor. And you look at the Denver nuggets. I mean, they have a lot of guys, young players who kind of play a similar position to him. To me, that's the biggest hinge for his ability to stick in the NBA is to be able to show that he can, you know, he can go up at the rim and block shots. I mean, that's not necessarily the biggest skill that he needs to demonstrate, but some kind of a bit more consistency on the defensive end of the floor is the difference between him being a guy who, who gets a second contract in the NBA or not. At least that's kind of how, how I vision it, see it with him right now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, you know. Also talking to a few of the uh, the, the Nuggets players, we 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 got to talk talk to Peyton Watson, who who's a mm-hmm. uh, I believe a second year guy from 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 UCLA. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's he talked about Julian, and he, he kind of told me, you know, he he can play the two or the three in the NBA, so so he's going to be kind of a matchup nightmare nightmare for either position, just with his size. Uh, if, if, if he's playing the two, matchup against another two, it's it's likely he has the size advantage, and, and he also has the uh, the athleticism to to kind of match up against most threes and, and mm-hmm. have have success there too. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see where he plays in Denver if you can kind of make that rotation obviously it's kind of a blessing to get drafted by by the uh, the reigning champs but then you also have to make that roster which is going to be hard for anyone with Denver uh, you know mm-hmm. bringing most of their guys back like, obviously a few a few a few of those guys left and that's going to happen mm-hmm. with any uh, championship team you can't keep the whole roster usually because some guys are going to be looking for bigger contracts yeah. but um, I, I think he does have a good chance to stick and obviously they they showed what they thought of him by by picking him in the first round Mm-hmm. Drew Timmy next. Uh, I want to talk about Drew, of course, the Gonzaga's all-time leading scorer, one of the most prolific college basketball players of all time. But as we kind of knew might happen, uh, the transition from college to the NBA is not going to be as smooth for Drew. He doesn't have the the skill sets that are valued in the modern NBA as, as much as you know they might have been 30 years ago for somebody like Drew, who 30 years ago wouldn't have spent four years at Gonzaga, almost certainly. Uh, he goes to Milwaukee after getting after not getting selected in the draft. We don't really see a ton of him during summer league. He plays a little less than 10 minutes per game, just doesn't get a lot of opportunities. Uh, I know it was frustrating for a lot of Zag fans to not get a chance to see him uh, and kind of wondered why Milwaukee ended up being the place. And I know you got a chance to speak to him and kind of uh, talk to him about why he ended up choosing to sign with Milwaukee. I'd love to hear, hear more about that. Yeah, so so Drew had about five five or six teams that reached out to him, uh, uh, kind of right after the draft. Immediately after the draft, he said he said Milwaukee reached out within uh, ten minutes uh, after the draft. Uh, spoke to his agent, and, and and then Drew got the call from the agent, his agent actually from um, from the, the the general manager of, of the Milwaukee Bucks about mm-hmm. maybe twenty thirty minutes later, and uh, and so so he had about five six offers. He didn't tell me which. Yeah, which were the offers he had? I obviously didn't press him for that information. Information, but uh, Milwaukee was the best organization of of those five or six that he had to choose from. Um, obviously, Milwaukee is a team that's had a lot of success with uh, with this kind of uh, this era, Giannis mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know Chris Middleton, so Brooke Lopez. So, so I, I I think he just kind of found it a good situation to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, interesting. In, interestingly enough, the uh, the Milwaukee Bucks head coach, new head coach Adrian Griffin, was also coaching their summer league team. So, so yeah. he'd get a lot of FaceTime and interaction with Adrian Griffin. Normally, it's usually a assistant coach or, or, or a G league coach, assistant G league coach who gets the chance to, to work with the, uh, with the summer league team. But that wasn't the case for Milwaukee. And actually the, kind of the same thing with Philadelphia, Nick nurse, mm-hmm. uh, who's now coaching the Sixers coached the Sixers uh, summer league team in Salt Lake. So, I know we'll talk about Philip Petrusa, but that, that was kind of an advantage for him to get some time with uh, Nick nurse. So I think that was uh, one of the big things for Drew is, is uh, having someone like Adrian Griffin coaching the team. Um, he'd be able to make a, 
good impression. And obviously didn't go, didn't get a lot of minutes in, in Vegas. Uh, but, but when he did, I, I felt like he was effective, kind of, kind of the same old Drew that we're used to efficient, um, uh, had a few, you know, missed opportunities on the defensive side of the ball, which is also something we're, we're maybe a little bit used to with Drew Timmy, <laughs> but he, he's going to have to probably play a little bit more defense at the next level to, to kind of make a rotation or, or lock down a two-way contract. But, um, you know, but talking to Adrian Griffin after, after his first game, he said, Drew's kind of cut from my cloth. We're, we're kind of gritty. We're, we're not the most athletic guys, but we have mm-hmm. good IQs on the court. We know how to get things done. We know how to play the game. Um, he said, you can't speed him up. He's calm. He's cool under pressure. So, Having having that kind of uh, um, praise from from the new head coach of the Bucks is, is obviously a good sign. It doesn't mean he's going to necessarily make the roster or even make a uh, make make a two way contract or earn a two way contract. So um, at the very least, he, he, he I think I think he kind of showed in, in very very small glimpses what he can do in the NBA. And I, I still think he's going to be someone who, um, if you put him on the court um, in a in a in a second rotation, he's going to be able to find a way to score the ball against other second rotation players. So. Um, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not really sure what the future holds. They, they obviously haven't signed him to a two-way contract yet. He's still in that Exhibit 10. But I, I, I have no doubt that at least for a couple of years, Drew Timmy will, f- will find a way to, to uh, make NBA G League rosters or, or get a two-way contract and, and then have the opportunity from there to kind of show what he can do. Drew's not the only uh, former Zag who's got an Exhibit 10 contract who's fighting to try to get onto a two-way deal. The other one, of course, Malachi Smith, who who joined the Portland Trailblazers on that Exhibit 10 deal and really never got much of an opportunity, even when Scoot Henderson went down with an injury for the Blazers. And we just, you know, we, we we're hoping to see a little bit more of Malachi Smith and, frankly, Drew Timmy. But with Malachi, I think a lot of the questions kind of stemming right now are, Okay, you know, you didn't get much of a look in the NBA. Certainly there are other opportunities for him, but you had the opportunity to come back to Gonzaga. It was felt like it was really 50-50 for a long time on whether he was going to do so. And I know you had a chance to kind of talk to him about about that decision and and uh, why why he ultimately chose to to start his professional career at this point in his career. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I I was a little bit surprised by what he told me about that. I I I think most fans were under the impression he was 50-50, if not maybe 60-40-70-30 on coming back to Gonzaga with the 70% being coming back to school. Um obviously he he had a great season last year, but but maybe he would have a chance to uh, to, to kind of crack that starting rotation. I, I think a lot of fans would have been okay with him starting over other players in Gonzaga's mm-hmm. rotation last year. Um but uh but he but he chose to to stay in the draft and then he basically said I uh I knew the whole time that's what I wanted to do. I mean, everything runs its course. I've been a college basketball player for, yeah. I think, uh, five years, maybe yeah. six years, including a redshirt year. Um, but he had a great college career. He he ended up at a place where no one thought he would be after mm-hmm. after starting his career, um, and you know, ultimately kind of just climbed the ladder to, to Ch- Chattanooga and, and obviously to Gonzaga, and had a good year playing against uh, uh, you know some of the best competition in the country in the tournament and in some of those non conference games. And he felt like he was at a place where where um, he, he did everything he could, kind of like Drew Timmy. You know, he, mm-hmm. he could come back for another year and, and put up solid numbers for for a top uh, five, top ten program in Gonzaga. But does it really benefit him uh, a mm-hmm. year from now when he's when he's coming out um, and, and entering the draft? Um, is he going to be a much better prospect than he was um, than he is right now? So I, I think for Malachi, he, he had a good situation um, in Portland. He obviously worked out for the Blazers. Felt really good about that that situation and, and it, it does help that now portland has a g league team yeah so so if he doesn't um, earn one of those two-way contracts he he can just kind of uh stick around with the with the new g league team uh in in portland and um some of his best games as, as a college player were were in portland were, yeah. were against portland uh, portland school I, I don't know if that has anything to do with what he'll do at the mm-hmm. next level but um I, I think it's a good place for him, and uh, we'll, we'll kind of see what happens. He, he didn't get much run at the uh, at the at the summer league. Um, I didn't have a chance to see him play while I was down there because mm-hmm. I, 
believe he didn't play the, their first three games. Yeah. Um, but 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 a pretty competitive summer league team for for, for the Blazers, and uh, we'll kind of see what happens from here on out with Malachi. But I I think um, he does have a chance to come in and, and be a great shooter in the NBA. He can defend um, you know two or three positions on the floor, kind of depending on. Uh, the opposing team's three, maybe, but you can definitely guard the one and the two. Um, a big body, strong body, and knows how to knows how to play. I mean, he was a five year player, uh, scored uh, you know close to two thousand points as a college basketball mm-hmm. player. So a lot of experience, and I, I have to think that some team in the NBA, whether it's Portland or someone else, will, will kind of value that at least as a as a G League player or or someone who can make a, a two way contract. Well, new Zags fresh out of Gonzaga were not the only players participating in the NBA Summer League this year who are alumni. We're going to talk about Chet Holmgren, who was back in action, and he reminded a whole lot of people why he was the second player selected in that 2022 NBA draft. We're going to discuss his performance after a word from today's sponsor, LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's so easy to create a free job post, and then you just have to add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Plus, Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and ultimately hire. And let's be honest, the right team member can have a positive and measurable impact on your business. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That is linkedin.com slash lockdown college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. All right, folks, I want to thank all of you for making Lockdown Zags your first listen or your first watch of the day. And a shout out, of course, to those everyday listeners who check us out on YouTube. Go hit that subscribe button if you have not done so yet. We got more fantastic stuff coming your way later this week, talking about what Gonzaga is going to do with those three open scholarships. And of course, continuing to look at those NBA Zags as they look towards their professional careers, which is what we're doing here with the great Theo Lawson of the Spokesman Review, talking about all seven Zags who participated in Summer League. And today, but right now, we're talking about the unicorn, Chet Holmgren with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Chet, of course, missed his entire rookie season after suffering a foot injury, successfully defending LeBron James in the Seattle or in the Jamal Crawford Pro-Am in Seattle last summer. Chet's back. Chet made it clear that he doesn't feel any ill effects from the foot injury. I believe his quote was, if you wiped my memory clean, I wouldn't even know it happened except for the scar on my foot, which I thought was a hilarious quote because I pictured Chet Holmgren without his memory, wondering what the heck happened to his foot. Um, regardless, his quote makes sense when you look at his performance on the floor. He only played two games in the summer league because he didn't need to prove any more than that. Uh, 20 and a half points per game, nine and a half boards, blocked seven shots in those two games. I mean, he just... Theo, he looked like the Chet Holmgren that we at Gonzaga are so familiar with, having seen him in his glorious freshman season in Spokane. Yeah, I mean, as, as far as I could tell, Chet didn't really miss a beat. He, he looked like the same player I saw last year in summer league in, in Vegas when, when, when it really kind of came out and impressed everyone right off the bat, especially with that first game in Salt Lake where he had six or seven blocks. Um, he, he just wasn't timid, and that, that's kind of something you wonder about with someone who – 
goes through a, a year year long rehab process. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, is, is he going to close out as hard as, as he did before? Is he going to run down the floor to, to try, try to you know uh, finish with the chase down blocks? Is he going to do stuff like that? Is he going to try to dunk? And and he he did everything and, and a little bit more than I, I think people thought. He he wasn't scared and um, he he really kind of uh, approached uh, approached it the, the right way. Positive attitude, did everything that he's done. I mean, it was was always always the guy off the bench cheering his teammates on and and, and just kind of the same old shit that that we got to know for for one season at Gonzaga. And, and then last year at Summer League, which I think is about all uh, OKC could have expected from him. Mm -hmm. um, they, they, they got a good glimpse of him. He played two games in Salt Lake and, and, and a couple more in, uh, in Vegas. And I, I, I think he wound up with 14 blocks. I still think his, his ability to, to protect the rim is going to be his best asset, um, at, at least uh, at the beginning of his NBA career. He obviously has shown the ability to, to, to shoot the three. Mm -hmm. Didn't shoot the three very well in, uh, in Summer League. I, I, I think he only made a couple of them and, and maybe shot somewhere around 20% mm -hmm. if that. But, but, but uh, I, I really think the shot will come. I mean, we saw it at Gonzaga. He, he was a... Um, close to a 40% three-point shooter at, at Gonzaga. So, so that, that's something that probably still needs to get there for him. Uh, uh, so um, obviously Summer League is a, a pretty small sample size, but but did everything that you wanted him to do. Um, I, I think a lot of the hype, obviously, around Summer League was was Victor Wambayama. And then mm -hmm. Chet Holmgren comes in, and, and he's playing well right off the bat. Victor struggles uh, off the bat. So um, I, I really think that that Rookie of the Year award is going to be a fun race because Chet is eligible for that award again. So, so mm -hmm. we'll see if him, he, he can kind of challenge Victor and, and Scoot Henderson and Brandon Miller for for that award next year, but but he uh, he kind of looks like someone who's been in an NBA weight room for a year or two. He yeah. I, I think he's added ten to fifteen pounds. Um, he doesn't look uh, buff per se, but but he looks a, a little bit stronger and, and less skinny, <laughs> less skinny than he did a year ago. Which which obviously uh, everyone kind of expected that would happen. Mm -hmm. I, I think there were there were a lot of overreactions uh, about his size, and you're like, hey, I mean, he's this is going to be his full time job now. He, he has no choice but to to bulk up a little bit get stronger and he, he's obviously obviously someone who's who's pretty dedicated to to the game and to his craft and all he wants to do is play basketball so um he's he's uh, he's on the right track and um obviously uh, we're all going to be anticipating his his real debut uh, with the thunder who, who obviously look to be a pretty uh, pretty solid young team and, and mm -hmm. maybe not a uh, championship contender quite yet but i think it would be kind of disappointing at, uh, at, at this rate if they didn't at least make a play-in game next year Chad, what's funny to me about Chad is like, yeah, he didn't shoot it particularly well, but he's such a threat to shoot. The amount of times that you watch highlight clip packages or ones that you put together even of, of him attacking closeouts because defenders know he can shoot that three. So there's so many times that even when he's not knocking down the threes, he's still such an offensive threat because he can put the ball on the deck. Uh, he can, you know, obviously he can score around the rim. And so for me, like Chet could go through prolonged three-point shooting slumps in the NBA, and, I, and he will. Everybody does. And it just doesn't even feel like that's going to – it's barely going to impact his game because he's so right. dynamic with the ball in his hands that he can do so many other things. And, and of course, watching Chet highlights uh, and watching some of the games this year, I, I, I'm always reminded why he's so polarizing because – he can have plays where a defender or an offensive player drives into him and moves him like four feet. It looks like just completely clears him out. And you're thinking, man, Chet just got bodied by that guy. And then the guy goes up for a reverse lay in and Chet swats it back and out, out of bounds. And you're like, Oh, well, never mind. He didn't. And, and that's what is always amazed me about Chet is his ability to kind of, to stay with the play, to keep his body within control. And yeah, he's not the most physically imposing guy, but his, his length, his ability to contort his body and use his size. Like he, he so rarely gets beat and watching highlights this year and watching the games like that kind of still looked like the case. And, and there are still people out there who watch and see those few times when he does get moved by a guy who's got 40, 50, 70 pounds on him. And they think, Oh, he's not going to be able to hack it. And I'm like, I, 
<laughs> he's still making plays. Like he's still stopping people. It just doesn't feel to me like Chet is really in any serious danger of becoming a, a liability just because his strength is not going to be a factor. It, I mean, it's, it's not going to be a big factor. It just feels like he's too good and too good at you, just using his size and his strength and his length to, uh, to disrupt shots on that, on the end of the floor. Yeah. Yeah. He just has such an impact. I mean, just even being on the floor, he doesn't even have to block shots. I mean, yeah. I, I can't tell you how many times first against Agon in the last, uh, the last few weeks at summer league where uh, an opposing player dribbles into the paint, sees him and then mm-hmm. dishes back out. So, yeah. so he just changes the way you play offense. He, he moves offenses around, mm-hmm. he moves defenses around just, just by being a lob threat at the rim. So just having him out there, I mean, like every game you looked at his plus minus and he was uh he was between like a plus 15 and a plus 20. And, and then kind of the next best OKC player might've been like a plus two or plus five. <laughs> and so, so he, he just is by far the most impactful player, yeah. at least on the summer league court that, that I saw out there. And, 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 you know, yeah, like, like you mentioned, he doesn't have to be a big, strong guy. I mean, this is mm-hmm. the NBA, this isn't the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously people are going to say, well, what's he going to do when he plays against a Jokic or Embiid? Well, what does anyone do? Um, <laughs> Jokic ran through the entire league for, for, for an entire season for, for really mm-hmm. the last 10 seasons almost. So um, I, everyone struggles against those guys. I, I'm mm-hmm. sure he's going to be no different, but mm-hmm. He's still going to just provide that 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 presence at the rim on both ends of the floor, and again, just just being there changes the way you have to kind of approach offense. You you just can't uh, can't expect to make layups at the rim or, or or try to dunk at the rim or kind of finish mm-hmm. shots underneath because he's going to be there. He's going to contest, and and even if even if he's not blocking shots, he's altering the shots you take. So we saw that at Gonzaga, even even when he wasn't blocking. Um, more than two or three shots a game, you, you looked at the opponent's um, you know field goal percentage, and it was normally yeah. under fifty or under forty. So it just affects everything that happens out there, and, and just having him out there is, is better than not. I want to switch over to talk about Philip Petrusev, another Zag, a big man who played in the summer league this year, another guy who who is going to be in the NBA this year, a guy who obviously left Gonzaga a little bit early, and perhaps in part because of the emergence of Drew Timmy, it sure seemed like it was kind of a, a mutually beneficial thing for Petrusev to go back to Serbia and have a. MVP season over there while Drew Timmy kind of emerged in his sophomore year and really kind of took the reins as a superstar for the Zags. And Petrusev ends up getting drafted by the 76ers, spends the next couple of years remaining overseas and kind of came back this year saying, I'm not going back to Europe. Like I'm coming back. And his agent came out and said, look, he's going to be here. Like this is the plan. And you mentioned Nick Nurse coached that summer league team, got some up close exposure to Petrusev and, and what he was capable of doing. And uh, came out and said on Tyrese Maxey's podcast, hey, Philip Trusso is going to be on the team. And then a few days later, he gets signed and bam, he's he's here. And, and you know, only two games for him, about 22 minutes per night. He looked really efficient, uh, scored the basketball well, didn't shoot it all that well from beyond the arc. I'm not sure how much that's going to be a part of his game, but uh, definitely looked the part of an NBA player this offseason and, and certainly looks like a guy who earned that contract uh, in Philadelphia. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, you know like you mentioned, uh, but, you know, before he got got to the U.S., I, his agent came out and said, hey, we're, we're planning on Philip uh, being a part of the Sixers, and, and if not, he's going to go back to his his team in Serbia that that, that he had a lot of success for playing uh, last year. I mean, uh, uh, last summer league, um, mm-hmm. he he just didn't have the same confidence and kind of optimism that that he would make a make a, a roster spot, and, and came off a really kind of weird season in in Turkey where he was playing and didn't really get along with the head coach there. The head mm-hmm. coach said it was kind of a mistake to sign him. Philip didn't have great numbers there relative to, to his other seasons, and so he he came to Vegas with uh, with kind of not a lot of confidence, and, and understandably so, and, and didn't play a lot, didn't play that well, um, had, had a few okay games, but but clearly wasn't someone who was who was ready to make a roster spot. And obviously the uh, the, the the turnover in Philadelphia probably helped him a little bit. Uh, you know, it, it it's a, a bummer that the coach who drafted him is no longer there, but at the same time, mm-hmm. you kind of get a fresh start with a new with a new coach who obviously knows what he's doing. Nick Nurse is going to be a, a, a 
I think a great hire for, for, for Philly had a lot of success in Toronto and the NBA is so weird these days with the coaches that, that, that get fired and get hired. So you never know, but um, obviously uh, having, having the chance to, to kind of connect with, uh, with Nick nurse and, and, uh, and Salt Lake and, and meet him and kind of know what he's about. And Philip said, he's already spent the last like three, four weeks uh, just, just trying to kind of uh, study Nick nurse's tendencies, philosophies, and get to know what he's doing because uh, he's, he's probably going to have to to use those things because he, because he will be in Philly this year and, and, and expected that to be, to be the case. And um, came to summer league uh, down about 10 pounds um, with it, with his team in, in Serbia last year. Um, he had a, a, a strength and conditioning coach who really, really was a heavy on the cardio side of things. So, so, so he said he didn't try to lose that weight, but he, he came to summer league five to 10 pounds slimmer. And, and you could really tell just he, he moved a lot better. And he was also playing the four a lot last year, as opposed to the five where he, uh, which he was playing in Turkey. So, so he was, uh, he was on the perimeter a lot more and actually shot the three uh, around 50% in, wow. uh, in, in some of the Serbian league games, I think shot it uh, close to 40% in the, in, in the, Euro, in the Euro league, which is kind of the second best uh, mm-hmm. competition, second best league in the world after the NBA, uh, um, really has shown that he can shoot the three. Didn't shoot it very well in summer league. Made a few, but I think that is going to be something that he can uh, step out and maybe hit hit one or two every now and then. And at least have a defender have to come out and guard him there. Mm-hmm. I don't leave him open. So, so if that's something he can add to his game, that's uh, that's even more of a benefit. And interesting to see what happens in Philly and, and how they kind of use him with uh, with kind of the, uh, the the other big men they have there. And um, obviously learning from someone like Joel Embiid can't can't do any harm. So. Um, had a had a great summer league. Was uh, was strong. Was physical, and 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 I I really think his physicality is going to be something that um that he can use to his advantage. He he talked to me about how, how the NBA isn't as physical as uh, as as Europe. So so he kind of comes to the NBA knowing knowing how to be physical. That was that was something that uh, helped him at Gonzaga. And um, he 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 just seemed uh, you know just just talking to him last year, talking to him this year, he just seemed to he just seemed more upbeat, more more mm-hmm. more positive mood. I think that a lot of that had to do with um, the last season he had in Serbia, where where he won a Serbian league championship, played. Really well for 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 a team in his hometown of, of, of Belgrade. So um, we'll kind of see how that how that confidence confidence helps him. But obviously, uh, signing a contract with the Sixers that's what he's wanted to do since he uh, got drafted, and, and obviously he's doing it. So, so we'll kind of see him see him get his chance. And I, I think the last two years in, in, in Europe really helped him uh, develop and, and kind of get ready for this opportunity. We're going to close out the show talking about a pair of Zach guards who participated in Summer League, one who has a little bit more job security than the other. I want to lead with Joel Eiai. Joel Eiai, of course, uh, played with the Memphis Grizzlies this Summer League season, has been kind of bouncing around a lot of different teams, a lot of different NBA organizations, a lot of different G League programs since he uh, came out of Gonzaga, played three three games with Memphis, only played about 14 minutes per night, uh, looked decently productive, uh, shot well from beyond the arc in a limited sample size. I know, so I know he also spent some time playing with uh, various French national teams this summer as well. Really busy summer for him. I know, Theo, you just posted an article about him that I'll link to here in the show notes, a really nice piece about kind of what he's been up to these last few months. I'd love to kind of get a little little recap of that uh, because it's been a, a whirlwind, a really couple of years for Joel, if we're being honest, but certainly a whirlwind summer for him right now as he tries to get back in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. So, so Joel now has been with uh, five different NBA teams in, in kind of different roles. I mean, he, he's played the last three summer leagues with with different teams. Started with the Lakers, then last year was with the Hawks, and then now uh, now now spent the the last few weeks with the Grizzlies in, in Salt Lake and Vegas. Um, mm-hmm. He's also played with the uh, the, the Magic organization and, and kind of their G League team. The uh, yeah. uh, they used to be the Lakeland. They're they're now the Osceola Magic. Um, mm-hmm. Spent spent last season with them. Put up good numbers. So pretty much classic Joel AI numbers. Seven points. 
uh, you know, five rebounds, four assists, kind of mm-hmm. kind of deal. He's not he's not going to wow you with it with the scoring, but but he, he does a little bit of everything out there. Yeah. And obviously, the the, the the year before that was with the uh, the Washington Wizards and their G League team, the the Capital City Go Go. So he's had a lot of experiences with 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 five different NBA teams, and the Grizzlies were one of the teams last year that that kind of looked at him, and, and uh, he had the option to play with them last summer league, and chose chose to to play with the Hawks, and 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 then chose the Magic. Um, uh, but the Grizzlies reached back out again, and, and he obviously has a good friend who, who's played with the Grizzlies, uh, Killian Tilly, mm-hmm. his fellow uh, uh, fellow countryman and former Gonzaga teammate. So so he, so he talked to Killian about kind of the opportunity to play for the Grizzlies, what to expect from their organization, and decided that would be a good fit uh, in, in, in summer league. And then, like you mentioned, he, he's had a few different opportunities with the French national team this summer before summer league, he was playing with, uh, with a, a French select team, kind of, kind of, kind of a younger group, a uh, younger group of guys that they played a couple of, um, kind of, uh, inter, uh, international friendly games against Armenia in Los Angeles. And, the, and then about two weeks after summer league, he was planning to go back to France to help the, uh, the French national team prepare for the FIBA World Cup. So, so he was one of five players, along with uh, Usman Dang, who's playing for the Thunder, uh, mm-hmm. who, who got invited to kind of help out that team. And I, I imagine if maybe if a slot opens up on that on that um, World Cup team, I have to have to think as one of those five guys, he would have a decent shot at, at earning a spot on on the World Cup team. But for now, he's just going to help them practice. I, I believe their um, their training camp starts on July 28th. So, so a pretty busy summer for Joel. He's also now a, a dad of uh, a son who's less than a year old, Gabriel. So, so last time I. I saw him at summer league. He was about a few weeks away from, um, from from his wife giving birth to their first child. So so he's uh, juggling the NBA duties with the international duties with uh, with fatherhood now. So he knows how to, to change a change a diaper and uh, and dish out some assists. So um, he, he's kind of kind of kind of doing the same things he's always done. He, he's not going to wow you with with any one thing really, but but he's just consistent. Knows how to play the game. Didn't have a lot of opportunities to play on that on that Grizzlies team, but but he, he's still optimistic about his chances of, of earning a two way contract. And um, he, he's someone I, I can still see kind of playing uh, playing for the next four or five years, kind of doing the same thing uh, he's, he's always done. Maybe he does have to bounce around, but uh, maybe if he gets an opportunity to play play a play play on a two-way contract again he, he can kind of impress in the nba and, mm-hmm. and maybe carve out a roster spot but but he's he's kind of doing the same thing and and, and still still uh still thriving and and um you t- talked about kind of the rise of french basketball right now with with victor and, and a few yeah. recent uh top 10 draft picks below cool Bali. so so it's a really good time to be a to be a french basketball player exciting time and maybe lessens his chance of of, of making a uh olympics roster or something right. going forward but but it's it, it's a, it's, a, it's a good time to be joel and um We'll see. We'll see what happens as far as the Grizzlies uh, signing him to a two-way deal, or if he has a chance to play with another G League team. I'll tell you what: being a, a daily Gonzaga content creator, it's really great their international presence because when we get into the doldrums of the off season, like we are right now, that tends to be when FIBA stuff picks up and you always see so many Zags end up getting to represent their countries. You have Kelly Olynyk and Kevin Pangos, you know, representing Canada. You have Joel representing France. Uh, assumingly when the Olympics come around, we might see DeMontis Sabonis playing out there. There's various other players who get that opportunity. It's always kind of fun to see Gonzaga's international market kind of really expand when we get into that FIBA portion uh, of the offseason. And Theo, I want to close out the show here talking about uh, Andrew Nemhard, who could technically be on the Team Canada eventually. He did not get invited this time around. I don't know whether that was personal choice or not. Uh, but Andrew Nemhard was kind of the 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 we, we closed the show with him because ultimately his summer league performance, I think, is the least relevant in terms of his NBA future because he didn't really need to be here. And there's a lot of sophomore players who in their second after their first NBA season who play very little in summer league because 
They just don't need to. And typically second round picks don't end up in that conversation, but also second round picks don't typically start 63 games in the rookie season. But Andrew Nemhard did. He had a tremendous rookie season, exceeded all expectations, I think, uh, just by by virtue of getting that opportunity with Indiana and really kind of grabbing, grabbing the reins and having that dominant performance against the Golden State Warriors and having that game-winning shot against LeBron James and the Lakers and uh, and should have been an all-rookie second teamer. He missed it by one vote last year and uh, saw some some really good stuff from him in just his two games in the summer league. And I know Indiana acquired Bruce Brown from Denver and, and kind of shook some stuff up a little bit. And it's I would be surprised if he started as many games this year as he did last year, but it's pretty clear he's going to be a huge part of what Indiana does in year two and, and really exciting for him. And of course, really exciting for him to, to get an opportunity to watch his brother play at his alma mater next year for, for Gonzaga. Yeah. Yeah. Just going back to what you said about him and him and the Canadian national team, I actually had a chance to speak with Connor Griffin, the, the former mm-hmm. Zag walk on who, who was with the Nuggets last year. He's actually going to be helping out with the Canadian national team mm-hmm. coming up uh, during the world cup, kind of, kind of doing some similar stuff that, that he's been doing with the Nuggets. And I asked him about Andrew and he said, Andrew definitely had an invite to play for the Canadian national team. Mm-hmm. Obviously they wanted him really bad. Yeah. Um, he, he, he decided not to, to play in the world cup this year. Uh, I don't know if it's for uh just uh, basketball reasons, or, or or if he had something something on the schedule that 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 he couldn't move, but um, he's not going to be playing with them. But I, I think definitely in the future you'll 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 see him play with uh, that really kind of stacked Canadian national team that has a really good chance to make some things happen with with their kind of young roster. But um, yeah, he he came back to summer league and and, and really kind of looked like one of the the veterans out there. He's only a second year player, but um, he he really kind of looked like that last year too. I mean, that's just kind of the way he commands the floor. He he's, he's steady, he's calm, he's mature. He, uh, he, he, he kind of plays the game at his own pace. You can't speed him up or slow him down. He's going to control the tempo no matter what's happening out there. So, so he just really looked like a veteran uh, playing next to Benedict Mather, and that's, that's a really kind of unfair yeah. summer league tandem. Uh, you know, Both of those guys played a lot. I, mm-hmm. I, I think Benedict was a all-rookie first-team player, mm-hmm. second-team player. So, so, so having two of the best uh, rookies in the NBA on your summer league team is, 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 is really nice, and, and obviously they, they didn't need to see much out of either of those two guys to know that they're going to mm-hmm. be – really really kind of staples of the of the, of the rotation uh, uh next season but um had a chance to talk with andrew for about 10 10 11 minutes after one of their practices down in vegas and uh just kind of talked about his last season i asked him um asked him about uh you know his welcome to the nba moments and, and kind of guarding players like luka Doncic and Kyrie irving and, and kind of some of the challenges that, that come with being a first year uh first year player playing a lot of minutes uh against these 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 really uh, loaded teams in the nba and so um he had a really good experience. I asked him if, if he liked his uh, game winner against the Lakers or, or his 30 point game against the Warriors more. And he said he, he preferred the, uh, the game against the Warriors. Yeah. Um, so, so he really got an opportunity to, to, to play a lot of minutes, play play off the ball a lot next to Tyrese Halliburton. And, and so he, he's kind of, kind of going to have a different role. Like you mentioned, he's probably not going to start 63 of 75 games next year with, with, with Bruce Brown coming to Indiana, but, but it gives him a chance to kind of, kind of be the point guard of the second unit in Indiana. And, and I, I'm sure that Rick, Rick Carlisle feels really good about having Nemhard as, as your, as your second unit point yeah. guard. So he's going to make, make a lot of things happen for that team. They're going to be another team that, that expects to make kind of a playoff play and push next year and, and, and kind of make it into the postseason. but really solid, really solid rookie season. And, I think uh, he's he's well ahead of where, where where people expected to expected him to be when when he was drafted in the second round. Obviously, he he was kind of more of a first round guy. He got 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 paid first round money, so mm-hmm. um, had had a really good chance to to kind of carve out a, a spot in the rotation. And I played really well in summer league, and, and it was was arguably arguably their best player in summer league, if, if not one of the best players overall in summer league. Um, I think if he had played you know four to five games, he would have been in the running for that MVP 
uh, that conversation. And if, if him and Matherin had played all five games together, I, I have no doubt they probably won the summer league title. Totally. But uh, you don't want to risk that. You, I mean, you, you saw enough of those guys. And I, I, I too was surprised that either of those guys made the summer league roster, but um, good chance for him to play a few more games in Vegas with kind of some of the new guys and uh, Jarvis Walker, a few of their, 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 their draft picks and kind of build some chemistry there. So uh, it, it'll be fun to kind of watch him play again this year. I'm, I'm sure he's going to play, you know, 70 to 80 games and, and, and kind, kind of be someone who has to start a few games. If uh, mm-hmm. some of their starters come out, I mean, I'm, I'm sure Tyrus Halliburton isn't going to start 82 games. So that'll be a chance for him to, to come in and, and, and kind of lead the starting, uh, starting rotation and, um, play, play off the ball, play on the ball, do a little bit of a little bit of everything, and, and really kind of be a factor um, on both ends of the floor in this in the second year. Theo, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show to talk about these guys, to talk about your experience in the summer league and your opportunities to speak with these guys. Sounds like we're going to have some more content coming out of the summer league on the Spokesman Review website and, of course, in the newspaper. So we'll be sure to to share that. We'll link to some of the articles below here that we reference in the show. And and once again, uh, thanks again, and, and looking forward to uh, your coverage next year with the Zags as well. Yes, sir. Well, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. All right. That's going to wrap us up for today. So we're going to put a bow on Summer League for right now, but we'll, of course, continue to talk about pro Zags as we go further into the offseason, continue to talk about Gonzaga's open roster spots, what that might mean for Mark Few's team next year. All right here on the Locked On Zags podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube as well. Thank you all for listening. And as always, go Zags.